You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. I hope you've been having a great holiday season. I most certainly have been. This is the final Vox and Hops episode for 2022. But before we jump into this episode, I would just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves craft beer, well, you should let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You can tell them that there are over 380 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best musicians, and we talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you would encourage one of your craft beer enthusiast friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be back with my two very good friends friends craig thorne of the baos podcast and noah forest of beerism get ready everyone this is vox and hops episode number 385 and we're talking about the top 10 best quebec craft beer breweries of 2022 i warn you what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed What's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be back with my two good friends, Craig Thorne of the BAOS podcast and Noah Forrest of Beerism. Here we go. Fourth year in the row. We are smashing through the top 10 Quebec breweries of 2022. Four years we've been doing this. I'm excited that we're still doing this. Uh, I'm stoked about it. Massive year for Quebec craft beer. Massive year for beer in general. I'm excited to... uh, First off, hang out with you guys. It's been it's been a long time that we three haven't sat down together and had a conversation. We have a, a bunch of great beer to talk about, a bunch of great beer to taste and to showcase for everyone. But let's just let's just do it. Let's just jump straight into it. Um, this is awesome, boys. Four years in a row, eh? Four years. Here we are. It's you know it started on a whim, on a let's just like do this and then we did it and it worked and it was fun and then you lost power that first year which was funny because uh, funny enough it happened to me like two weeks ago when i was doing the top 10 quebec metal albums i had no power i had candles it reminded me of that night the first time we hung out and went through the best quebec breweries um we brought Noah on the following year because how could we talk about quebec beer without beerism it's a pleasure to be with you guys i love you it. too man yeah, it's uh, this has been. I was saying to you guys off air, like this is one, of, and I mean it, like one of my favorite times of the year. It's always really cool to kind of reflect, you know, because during the year you're just always looking for the next thing and like you know paying attention. We're talking, blah blah blah. You're doing pods and what content, but when you actually get to reflect and we get to really talk about, like, hey, these are the people I think performed the best this year, and we all put our list together and we combine them, and you know agree basically just a numerical thing it's math essentially but it's really cool and we get to kind of give the flowers to the people that uh, outperformed and it's uh it's exciting i feel like uh this year i went through a lot of changes with the way that i look at beer and i think craig because of your move and everything and your ability to get quebec beer you probably have a different perspective on what's you know 
going on here versus where you are now and in case people don't understand uh, the reference of, of craig craig has moved out of the province of quebec he now lives in ontario uh, he moved throughout the summer but he's still very involved in the quebec craft beer scene i, I feel like you'll never be a, get you'll never be able to get away from us not at all and it's like i lived in montreal for 10 years uh, to the day and I was representing Ontario mm-hmm. craft beer equally whilst being in Quebec. So I see it the same way. I'm representing Quebec beer equally whilst being out here yeah. in Ontario. I'm doing my best to stay on top of it, but I feel like I was, you know, I only moved the end of July. So that's seven full months of the year in Quebec. Um, plus, obviously, I brought everything with me that I already had. And, you know, maybe I might have missed yeah. out on new releases towards the end of the year, but I'm very much in tune. I still speak to everybody. Like, nothing's, nothing's changed. I'm excited. Well, I think what's so amazing about, beer in general these days is that there is so much being released constantly like every single day that FOMO you you almost can't have FOMO anymore right like I remember when you know there was the Dunham release that was like two or three times a year and it's like oh I didn't get to try that one bottle and now it's like there's new barrel age stuff they're dropping every week or whatever and like Missorum's a new beer every week so at this point, you can get a good understanding of what's happening in the scene without literally trying every single beer because it's, it's literally impossible. You can only you can only drink so much, and you can only afford so much, and you can only wait in line so much. It is very very cool, and I will say this: that compared to other years, a lot of the beers on our list. I remember doing this last year and being like, well, I only had a few of these because they're hard to get. A lot of these breweries, sorry, are now distributing because they moved up their volume of capacity and uh, they're getting distributed. Most of these breweries on our list, which is cool if people are listening to this and they want to get their hands to stuff, it will probably be available in your craft beer store for about 80% of the beers on our list this year. Yes, definitely. Yeah, the only exception would have been if something like, uh, if we were talking about Oval or or Brete Sauvage or something like that, maybe not, but otherwise... It's very easy to get everything now. And we should we should preface this by saying that that our lists are our favorites. You know, it's the ones that we appreciated the most, and then we hashed out uh, together our cumulative list. Uh, but these are beers that we drank. So I've did not drink an Oval this year. I've never had a Breti Sauvage. So obviously they can't be on my list. So they might deserve to be there but for me personally i did not have them and i don't know about you guys but uh, the people that i put on my list and then we hashed down to this list are, are definitely breweries that i drank from that i enjoyed and uh, deserve some 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 massive praise for 2022 definitely and that was a really good thing to mention that the, this is just yeah. personal opinion on our favorites and i was also want to mention that i feel like this year was the easiest to like we had probably six or seven that were the common ones between all of us. And we had to decide on the other three, which felt like it was easier. And I think it was because of what you said, Matt, that a lot, like say one couple of years ago, Bar Canada wasn't in my top 10. I know they deserve to be there, but it's only because I hadn't tried them this year. I drank a lot of Bar Canada. So it was a different, so I I was able to have a solid um, perspective on what their output is. I don't know. They've got the new Auckland mm-hmm. brewery that now they're pumping stuff out. Montreal got a lot. I got people to get stuff for me. Um, I got more on the way. Thanks to Nate. So like, you know, it's, um, it's a different scenario. And I think it speaks to like the growth of the brewing scene that, you know, now we're all able to try all of these different things that maybe before, except for the, you know, of our brothers of whatever. I had one of this year at uh, Pullman wine bar on park um, fire it was the last bottle. Like what's the, 
Saison, um, what's the one? Espinay. Absolutely glorious, but that was all I had, so it's a it's, little hard. Uh, so it's so drinkable. It's impeccable, but it is hard to put those type of things if you have one beer. You know, probably Laval should be the top of this every year, I guess, but you know, unless you live in, uh, it's a Val d'Espoir, I think. Like, good luck. So the way we yeah. arranged this two guys, by the way, we tried to put it in some sort of an alphabetical order at, the, at first, but, oh, yeah, it didn't really work out completely. And what we did the last three years were – we all drank the same beer. So we'd have, you know, of the 10 breweries, we would have four beers and we would all drink the exact same of the four beers. Matthew's idea this year, which was fantastic, was that each of us have a beer from nine of the breweries and then our number one brewery, we all have the same one. So every brewery will have a, a beer represented tonight by uh, one of us. So we split it up so that, you know, nobody did any back-to-back beers. So the alphabetical order kind of went out the window a bit there. That's true. And there's no, like, massive buildup. There is a, a number one brewery which we did last year for the first time because uh, they deserved it. And it was Saikambado last year, in case people didn't check that out for 2021. Uh, so, so we continued doing that again. Let's, let's, we wanted to choose the best brewery, and then we just sort of mishmash other. So it's not like the one that we start with is, is not as good as the one that we finish with. It's, it, it's a top 10, but there is a best brewery that we've all three decided upon. Correct, but it's not like counting down from 10. There wasn't like number 10. It's, it's all essentially equal. We just picked one. We thought... With the same same uh, uh, criteria from last year, that just maybe outperformed the others across the board, with whether for everything from branding to the variety of liquid to the consistency and and the, and the experience at the brewery, the whole the whole works. So, with that, fellas, how do you feel about we get this bad boy going? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Noah, tell us who the first one is. Um, so the first theater is uh, Sir John and. <laughs> Uh, so this particular beer is a Citra and Sultana IPA, 7.2%. And that's about all the details on the beer. Um, but yeah, so I've had a few uh, Sir John's this year for sure. I still haven't been to the actual uh, brew pub bar brewery, but I've had a few because I've really been drinking a lot of IPAs this year. I've always liked IPAs, but this year in particular, I've really just been going to town on um, New England haze. And so kind of like what we were talking about earlier at um, my local beer shop, which is multi hops because I live in Verdun, they almost always have uh, Sir John, Buck Canada, uh, and now Brewski pretty often. They don't have Masorum, but Masorum's up the street. Uh, so I pretty good at getting everything uh here and so i'll pick one up here and there i they're not my favorite for ipas but they do a solid hoppy uh lineup and i haven't had too many of their stouts or lagers and stuff matt have you i have i've had one of their big stouts uh, the 1201 i think it is a maple syrup um, i think it's spicy too uh i a vegan i don't drink beers with lactose and a lot of their big stouts tend to have lactose in it so i tend to avoid those but they're an all-round very well-rounded brewery and it's it's i definitely saw them coming up when they just just opened i think within the first six months and i was like this branding's fucking amazing the beers were crazy green uh for the first few years because they just couldn't 
make enough beer and get it out. Uh, the, the, their brew house was very small at first uh, when they were just set up in La Chute, went right on the main strip there. Uh, but then the greenness became a part of their characteristic, which a lot of people sought out, which is an interesting thing where... In essence, it's a flaw of the beer, but it became a characteristic of the beer, of the brewery, which is interesting. But now as they've expanded, the greenness is gone, and they've sort of like honed in on the craft of making IPAs, um, probably the way that they always wanted to, but uh, a part of me sort of misses the little green aspect of it. But the, the, the branding is always on point. They don't fuck around, these guys. They're They're... Beer cans are always super interesting, will definitely draw you in. They don't do anything half-assed. Um, Max and Joel do not fuck around. They're all in if they're going to do something, and their brand shows that. Uh, the brew pub and then La Chute is a perfect like little extension of the La Chute environment, and I think it's perfect. It's such a perfect location. I wish it was closer to my house, obviously. I'd be there all the time. Very stoked that they got the new brew house in order. Now they're shipping and distributing to way more places, such as La Canette on St. Sebastian Street here in Montreal, which I love and I associate with. Shout out to Kevin. They're, they're doing great stuff. Uh, they, they, they're, they're crispy boys are, are fucking excellent. Uh, their haze is, is very solid. And um, they do some sort of like sour with fruit in it, which is interesting too. But all around, they're like one of those full package breweries that, that can make just about anything. And the brand is just so goddamn strong that I can stand behind it and I support them 100%. Uh, love them. Um, well, I'll tell you, Matt, if, if you pick this guy up, um, it is crazy, crazy green. So um, I actually still find their stuff pretty green, but I've, I don't know. It's interesting because more and more as we're seeing such a wide range of this type of IPA from Buck Canada to Sir John to Brewski to Toltec to Masorum to Sankey all being more on the super bright but balanced sir john being on this like i find more cutting sharpness where it's it's riding that line between astringent and sharp and burning um then masorum finding that middle ground now so like if you like one thing a little bit more than another then you're gonna like go towards that or that'll be your number one or whatever so i find that interesting to to see now the subtle the subtle differences in taste for the differences in the way that these beers are made yeah it's it's i heard all the things you guys said before and i definitely agree with the you know like probably not my favorite of all the haze i think noah you said that just before but I'm finding mm-hmm. it becoming more consistent so like every time i went to like Annette, i always got whatever sir john that he had um, whether, you know, Matt, you mentioned the 1201, um, I had that uh, this year. It was fantastic. I still have in the fridge that there's a chocolate orange stout that I got from my Canette before I left, which I've been looking forward to getting into. I find their stouts probably arguably more consistent than the haze, but the haze has definitely been a lot better. Uh, Nate got me a couple recently. There's a wicked pale ale and, um, some of the, you know, just like whatever, whether it's double single, even the triples and stuff have been like pretty damn impressive and i feel like it might be what you guys were saying they've sort of come out of that green world and and and, you know figured their shit out figured out what they're going for and been able to consistently produce it it's it's great Mm -hmm. and and they've got that rep they're in that world they're in the conversation of you know masora and by canada brewski um 
They're in the people the, the the hype world where people will line up overnight when they do their their summer release, their their anniversary release. So that means something. Yeah, which is which is pretty dope. So they they definitely deserve a well, congrats to uh, the, the whole team there. Cheers to you all. Yes, cheers to you yeah. guys. Number two, who we got? Go for it, Mr. Craig. Well, of course, uh, if we're going to be celebrating a brewery, we're going to celebrate with the beer that you did with them. It's uh, Brasserie General, or BG Brasserie Urbane. <laughs> Legendary. Um, this is the... Uh, I, we got a lot to say about them. This one exploded. I think it's either... It's probably like six months old by now. This is the... Um, so just yeah, the air I remember that. The second version, though, not the original version we did in a four-pack, which I have beautifully on my wall right here. I look at your faces every single time I do a pod, boys. But, yeah, man, BG have – I think they must have been in last year as well. I feel like over the last couple of years, they have just gone over and above in every style, um, whether it's, you know, crispies, their haze, their stouts, like the barrel-aged stuff, the sours. Um, I just feel like they're really consistent across the board. Max is doing a phenomenal job running the ship over there. Really interesting beers, well crafted. I mean, Romain doing the labels. He is an artistic genius. That man, who I really feel like they're very, um, what's the word? Like consistently creative with every aspect of the product, which I, you know all of us tend to value. Noah and I recently did a podcast, uh, maybe a month or two back, with Max just about blending and barrel aging, which we'd never done before. Like focused just on that, and that was really fun. Like, yeah, yeah, it was. You know what I mean? Learning a lot about that and how blending really works because they are phenomenal with it because obviously Noah, you know, we did the four-pack. For people who don't know, this four-pack here, if you're watching the video, um, it was uh, Noah. So beer is and Vox and Hops, B.O.S. and Hoppy Bits. We did a four-pack with them, which is pretty damn creative and cool. And Lacanette, sorry, Shasta Kev. And Shasta uh, Kells as well for um, the video. that yeah. We did a super fun video. That whole thing, working with you guys and doing that this year was just – one of the highlights of my year, man. Like, love you guys, and and the project came out so well. You know, I I did a pills. Noe did the American Strung Out. Maddie did the West Coast IPA, uh, and uh, Gab did the Low ABV Stout, and they were all fantastic. Insanity, amazing. I was there this past weekend. Uh, got to see Max, and got uh, went to their kind of new and improved tap room. Uh, he, he has this. Uh, like perfect perfectionism to him in, in, in a very humble way. A lot of brewers can be a bit arrogant about their beer. He's like the opposite of it. He wants all the criticism. I know a lot of brewers say that, but then when you do, they get defensive. Um, he's not like that at all. He's like, yeah, that was bad. This was good. Like he's just, he straight up gets it. And okay. just like the, the kindest dude Fucking right. BG smashes everything. Their brand is on point. Uh, what a, killer artist as you mentioned craig uh just captures this this essence of what bg is now is is it's fucking awesome and um their barrel aging is is very fucking interesting and i'm excited to see how much more stuff comes out as they keep growing that and refining that part of themselves it's exciting uh they they shut down one of their tap rooms to focus more just on the main giant one, right? If I'm correct on that this year, which probably was a tough decision to step out of the city and focus on their out of the city, out of Quebec City. It's a little bit out of the ways, but not too out of the ways because Quebec City is not that big, but it's not downtown, right? So that was probably a sacrifice they had to make to just focus on the beer, which is what Max does. Uh, also, probably, I think it was my favorite beer project that I did. I did 
a few this year, as I tend to do. And uh, so just like, yeah, it was definitely the easiest, the most fun, and the project that I, one of the most projects I'm most proud of, of 2022. Uh, the message that there's too much drama in the beer industry is just, I still stand behind that. And I hope that the project keeps seeing releases coming out and uh, different versions of everything. I, uh, But I, I'm, I'm stoked about it. I, I want to see it keep coming out and I want to see more cool beers coming out of that this consistency right from lagers uh to the stouts to the blended stuff to the to the haze to the pale ales it's non-stop to the west it's, it, he doesn't stop just just fucking great beers and uh, the brand is good excellent people running it they deserve to be there cheers to bg man yeah absolutely cheers to bg huge one number three obviously people that we love people from montreal um excellent excellent place in the old port of Montreal, of course, I'm talking about Brewski. Hey. Now, now, Brewski um, are scientists, which is what I love about Brewski. Ran by yeah. uh, Derek, their brewer. He's a mad scientist, basically. He loves to fuck around with stuff and is hypercritical of everything. Uh, wants to examine stuff and re check stuff out uh i love going there the location is amazing in the old port and the in marche so cool uh it's it's just so fucking cool they, they they have the little pub area um on one side and then they have the giant tap room on the other side and they just redid the little pub area and it's fucking awesome there's a, a a bakery that they're associated with killer beers and honestly i still stand by this i think they probably make the best smoothies in Quebec, there's the argument of who did it first there, but I really, really like their smoothies, and you can never go wrong with like a berry smoothie. It's 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 very easy. So. Yes, I agree. Love it. It's all about the berries for smoothies, like the 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 orange fruits. They can be awesome, but it's like a fifty fifty. But the berry ones, man, they almost always just slap, as the kids say. Whether or not they were the first to do it in Quebec. I feel like they were the first to double down on it in Quebec. Yeah. Like they went at hard and fast. There might've been others that had been released. I don't know, but they really went for it. And I think like you can keep their smoothies in the fridge for a year and they don't explode or anything like that. Um, they're well carved. Like you even have head retention on there. That's, uh, that's something. Uh, I personally really, really, really like their, um, IPAs. I think they're almost second or third in the province for me. And they did some good work with their stouts. They're still a little on the thinner side, I find, but the ones I've had recently were pretty good. I uh, I managed to, I went to Brewski a bunch, probably three or four times in the few months before I left. So it was like, you know, my cousin came from Australia. I took him there for brunch and having smoothies and I hung out with Patty from Overhub there and a few other times and it was it's like matt you said it's a vibe on the big patio i couldn't agree more about the smoothies i think they do the best smoothies in quebec for sure i it was my i thought that they did with the first but i guess who knows um yeah they are uh, consistent in all of that nate got me some uh haze last time he went down and um exceptional uh they have a very unique approach in their haze it's all super dank and super resiny uh even you know even for their juicy ones yeah um 
but it works so well. It, it definitely caters to my palate. Um, I think Derek is one of like sort of when you boys were just saying that the site, like the scientists, maybe it was you, Maddie, you're saying like, um, Derek's is really particular about his shit and he'll figure it out. And, uh, I really respect his approach to beer. It's super welcoming and, uh, you know, um, diverse. They did link up this year as well, which was great. But yeah, man, I fuck with Brewski heavy. I really, really enjoy Brewski. And yeah, I don't think they've not been in our top 10 in any of the four years. I think they've been there every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely and impressive story. Number four. Um, I am talking about Masorum. There we go. Noah's new neighbors. Uh, tell us why Masorum are on this year's top 10. Well, I think there's a few reasons. I mean, for me personally, I'm there all the time um, because it's up the street from my house. And it's kind of become this like local spot for me because it's so around the corner. But aside from that, I've always like maybe the first like six months I was on the fence with the greenness of their IPAs when they first opened. But then shortly after that, I've always kind of preferred their IPAs to most others in the province, not necessarily by like, you know, waves and bounds, but you know, the top ish for me. And then more and more, I just developed a taste for, for their style of brewing IPAs. And so I generally always have some in my fridge, but I think we're, I mean, this is probably true for the last couple of years, but definitely this year, their barrel age stout game and their, their wild beers are really fucking good. And not like, so for the wild beers and the sours and stuff like that, you know, the trend used to be like, let's get as sour as possible, you know, like, American style sours, like, like kind of small pony without real intensity, but they're really going into towards like refinement and stuff. And they're like lightly tart and perfectly funked. And like, they, they really are killing it uh, with that. And then the stouts, they're doing that like double mash. So like the, the body is, is just ridiculous. And they're getting slowly away from the crazy pastries and more, kind of taking that new style of stout and kind of going backwards with it a little bit. So they've, they've done several that are just bourbon barrel aged Imperial stout or bourbon barrel aged Imperial stout with vanilla, like kind of basic instead of like cookie crumble and blah, 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 blah. Like they're not doing much of that. Uh, thankfully that trend I think is dying this year. I think, what do you think about that actually i hope so i'm, I'm fed up of it but um but that's that's my that's my old man <laughs> coming out. yeah this is uh phil derive and it's double ipa with the uh, citra talus and azaka it's on the sweeter scale of what they do but that's also what i like I'm definitely going to have my preferences like a double IPA. That's like super sharp and, and somewhat green and like zesty is kind of my thing. This is different. This is like more like an orangey, slightly sweeter double IPA, but 
if you get the same thing every time, it's also boring. They, everything they do is actually quite different. Which is refreshing because at first it was not. So so that's, I'm cool that they're doing that. Uh, Masorum, obviously, I love them. They are metalheads that opened a brewery that is just fucking killing it. Uh, people from Ion Dissonance, people... The manager of the whole fucking place is Alex Etienne from Despised Icon. Uh, the Last Felony, uh, Vince, uh, is the brewer. It, it's just fucking amazing to see friends succeed, and they're fucking crushing it. Every time I go there, it's bigger. Like, the, the back area. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I went there for their anniversary this summer, and it's massive now. It's it's like walking through never-ending hallways at some point. It's just truly impressive, and I'm so excited for them. Filion killing the artwork all the time, the pressure that he must have to come up with new stuff. I talk to him about that all the time, and he's always like, nah, I got it done, but it must fucking suck to continually have to match and keep up with the Vince's uh, creations and to, to, to create something that stands on brand. They had the ceremony, which I did not go to, but it looked really, really fucking cool. Uh, um, I think, like, there's new things that are coming up next year. I don't know. I haven't spoken to them. But I imagine that they're already thinking of building more and more events like this, these very, very um, curated uh, events for what the brand of Masorum represents, which is, like, classiness, um zen at the same time you go if you've ever been on their their patio there it's so relaxing it's it's very interesting uh, which is actually where i met noah which when it was like three tables um <laughs> now it's like there's like 70 ta- it's it's unfucking believable and uh yeah i'm stoked for them I, I can't wait to see uh i'm excited that they're distributing a bit more um I don't know what that means in the grand scale of business, what that means. I think it's cool because I get to try more of them without having to go there. I like that. Craig. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I won't go too much because you guys have said it all. I've always been a fan, even from the beginning when they were kind of samey, they were very green back then and just sort of watching them grow and, and, you know, grow the brand. They're all really great dudes. Um, I went a couple of times before I left. I went for my birthday this year and it was just, that was the first time back in a while. And, um, I was blown away how far the uh, like the patio went back. That new kitchen area, like I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like not the place I remembered. Because um, I guess I hadn't been since yeah. probably twenty twenty um, previously to this year for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, man, really, really impressed. The whole the whole place was, was just dope. The crispies are just a one. I really feel like they don't get the love for the crispies. Masora, absolutely, absolutely, a must go. If I, people go to visit Montreal, at, at the three places. I tell them to visit. This is my segue. I tell them to visit Brewski. I tell them to visit Masorum. And my third one, I actually switched this around uh, because of the beer I have to drink. The third one, this is my favorite crispy brewery in uh, in Montreal or in Quebec. Silo. Yeah. Um, I am such a fucking massive fan of Silo. JP is someone I've known for quite a while. Uh, I felt like... I always thought he was really strange and he thought I was strange. And <laughs> I, I feel like as I've got to know him because I liked all the trendy stuff and he thought it was ridiculous. And I feel like we've sort of been on these opposite ends and now we've really met in the middle on this crispy and I really, his dedication. So JP, sorry, he used to own Lasaka Sal. He also owns Vera and um, obviously now Silo, which opened, I think in 2020, um, that was his project. You know, he was one of the brewers who did the, uh, pilgrimage to the czech republic i think in 2018 2019 where like mm-hmm. him from godspeed went i think maybe even maddie from um to the nail went 
Um, a whole bunch of brewers went to the Czech Republic, which was a, a government initiative from them to send it out there. And now, you know, Ontario and Quebec, thank the heavens, are flooded with uh, Czech style beers. And to me, this is my favorite stuff to drink. I just love uh, drinking lagers. I'm actually drinking their, um, this is their Bock beer, a 6.5% uh, called Sauvet. And they don't only just do Krispies. I mean, they do some, like they do this wicked Seahop uh, IPA. There was just money. Very kind of what... Um, you guys were talking about before one of the breweries were talking about just refinement. Maybe Masorum refining their stouts and their sours. They're very refined in everything they do, whether regardless of the style. Mm-hmm. Silo, I, he, I put him in the same category as Derek in the scientist, uh, very hyper-focused about everything that's going on within his tap room. I, I love watching brewers in their brewery and like just watching them tinker with their toys. Uh, I think he's, he's just so goddamn proud of everything that he's done, getting that perfect yeast that he's found. Uh, I love Silo. I, I, I love the crispiness of it. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things about them. Uh, there needs to be more crispy beers as I'm becoming an older craft beer enthusiast and uh, maybe it doesn't reflect in this list but on my personal list it definitely did reflect is that i like breweries that make a lot of crushable beers low abv something you can enjoy maybe a few more of versus just smashing double ipas all night silo is one of those breweries you can go there and enjoy maybe the whole tap list and walk out there feeling a little better than doing that elsewhere i i I think with not trying to sound redundant i'm not even going to talk about the loggers because i think both of you nailed it from the, the the cleanness of what he's doing the the recreation of uh old styles and then him kind of playing with new versions of loggers that he's experimenting with is amazing but um i don't know how to say this without sounding kind of pretentious but you know you ever walk into like one of those beer depths in like a neighborhood that it's it's almost like the beer depth's a little bit more trendy looking than it is content, you know. So if you want like a solid IPA, you literally go through the whole fridge and they don't have anything that you would even want to drink that's hoppy. But then I saw the silo stuff sitting there. I checked the dates and it wasn't like super old, and they were perfect because. Uh, he, he, I think what he did with his hop deep beers, like, so he's done a pale, a few pale ales and a couple IPAs. It's like a kind of a throwback to Vermont style IPAs at like the birth of Hetty Topper kind of thing. So a little bit on the caramelly, not caramelly, but like fruitier maltiness mm-hmm. than this like sharpness. And anyway, they, they're, they're, I feel like everything he's done with hops has been great. I could see people drinking it and kind of being like, meh it doesn't have that punch mm. but i think that's the point for him is like he was trying to create uh more i don't know just like a throwback a little bit a little bit cleaner something that could sit on the shelf a little bit longer and i thought he pulled it off really well i love his uh silo c the like more like resinous style old school ipa i i crush that all the time and i do like that and not a lot of breweries do this and i think it hopefully it comes back i like the i understand the market so people the the foma the the more and more new products i have to try it it's a little bit different new label new hops i have to have it i understand that but silo seems to have a little bit more of the flagship staple beers that are in rotation and that is exciting 
for a brewery for for me i i like having my favorite beer and going to get it and knowing that it's going to be available once again i'm sounding like an old man <laughs> i think this is a whole other podcast I think we could do because Noah, you mentioned before about his drink drinking um habits changing i think mine have too and mm-hmm. matt clearly you're feeling and i'm feeling away like there's certain styles that i'm leaning towards now even though I like the over typically like the trendy stuff. Like I'm over lactose, I'm over pastry stouts. I want crisps, West Coast IPAs and barrel aged stouts now. Like it's weird. I feel Wait, weird. It we, sounds like we're all changing. We, cheers to the whole crew at Silo. Keep doing what you're doing. Up next, we have a good friend of uh, all of ours. Not that anyone else is not a good friend of ours, but uh, someone that I feel like I could have grown up with in Two Mountains and uh, someone that I like to collaborate uh, a lot with. Um, now, Craig was supposed to drink this brewery, and I didn't argue the fact that I most definitely wanted to have my beer <laughs> in this episode. So, of course, we're talking about Kanawaki Brewing. He, he, he releases year-round, multiple times a year, Crisp Topsy, which is a, a New World Pilsner, which is my band, Cryptopsy's beer it comes out probably two three times a year it's phenomenal this is um a different beer this is a beer that he had made for vox and hops brutal north america in 2021 when i released 24 collabs in a week um he still had labels left so he's like ma can i do it again and i was like of course you can do it again and he did it again and it's it's way fucking better it's so goddamn good this is cold haze warm blood uh the double new england with blood orange, it's it's really, really good, this one. Um, 8.5%, just killer. Um, Kanawaki, what can I say? He's he's awesome. Uh, super underrated. What everyone, like, just this week, some guy wrote me, a fan of the podcast, wrote me, Matt, I'm coming to Montreal. Where should I go? Uh, obviously, I have to go to Masorum. Obviously, I have to go to, and I'm like, you have to go to Kanawaki. If you have a car, make the trip to Kanawaki. You want haze, you want no lineup. You want uh, to have killer food. You want uh, awesome crispies at the same time. You want to, uh, you know, just just go to Kanawaki, experience it. Uh, he always collaborates with uh, killer artists such as Philip Ivanovic, and he's used Philip for a bunch of other labels. Uh, he uses uh, local artists. Uh, he's amazing. I, I can't like Kanawaki enough. You know, all the beers are fire. The haze is so underrated. So like Beast and um, Wizard, I think it's called. Um, there's a bunch of really fantastic, consistent New England IPAs. And if you're looking for those, like, they don't get the credit that they do absolutely. Their crispies are fire. Um, I haven't had many stouts, but I've heard amazing things. I know they drop, like, occasional barley wines and shit, too. So I just feel like it's a vibe. It's not that far from Montreal. Drew is such a go- good guy. He's really just down for fun shit. And he's just, like, a great dude who's really embraced all of us in the scene like to to really go and put his brand behind stuff and i just respect him a lot and i just think uh you know i hope to see him get more props uh than than he's been getting noah i couldn't echo that more drew is spectacular um very well-rounded right like he can he can hit a yeah, a dry stout, just like you can hit uh, a New England IPA and across the board, great stuff. I think it's yeah. an interesting place because it has to cater to the locals. So, so there has to be normal beer, and that normal beer is kill. Like, I don't know if you guys have had a bridge recently. It's fucking good. Just a blonde normal beer. It's fucking killer. 
so good. I think that I told Drew this, and I, I'll keep telling him. And if he's he's going to watch this, so Drew, um, I hope that this year in 2023 you get distribution. I get you get around that legal aspect of of being stuck on the territory that you can't distribute because of the the license you have and the restrictions that fall into that. I hope that 2023 is the year that that happens. And if it's not people go check it out it's definitely worth it so uh yeah so cape town so far we've uh, we've only got three more to go one more each and then we do the uh the number one brewery that we believe uh performed the best from quebec in 2022 um it's, it's, a, it's a solid list man just going through it again actually talking about it though like you can look at the list and it's like okay obviously it's dope but when you actually talk about it you realize just like man these breweries are like doing some fucking some work you yeah, absolutely and i think like a lot of like factors fall into it and the one that i keep hearing like repeated is consistency identity um um variety um staying true to their roots um being cool people good vibes falls into that too the cool people is that you're right man this is so you're right that those were the things that we're mentioning for every one of these i also i'm another thing that i'm thinking about as i'm looking through this list and i think that really good breweries that are succeeding and that are really working really fucking well are somewhat owned by the brewers i think it's like a big thing like you can open a brewery but you need a brewer to be a part of the company. I think it's important. I think that for the identity of a brewery to work, I think that the brewer has to have ownership. I think that's a really interesting and accurate point. I agree. I don't know why. It's because they're the artist, right? The brewer is the artist. And, and a lot of brewers are underpaid if they're not an owner. So they're just going to hop, right? to another job and then there goes the identity of what's actually in the can which is scary right so next one oh, Canada. Hey. Noah's face. so i'm actually anxious to try this okay because um i think it's a double yeah it's uh, do you remember, like, they had their double IPAs and they were all the names of uh, Roman emperors? Yeah. Which yeah. Is and cool, cool. they had Caligula. Uh, but this is, like, double dry hopped Caligula. So I think they're, like, like, haze is changing so fast, right? So the crazy double IPAs of two years ago are not the ones of today. Book kind of does a killer brewery they're one of the kings right so there's there's a handful of kings in quebec and they are most definitely one of them very stoked that they've opened the the new um, massive uh, production facility because there's a lot more beers getting distributed i get my hands on them i would like to see more variety from them maybe the variety is just not getting distributed when i think of buck and i think of haze i think of the big barrel age stuff they do a little bit of smoothies uh you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but it's i've I've never actually been there to taste it myself, but uh, everything I've tasted in a can, fire. The the they make probably the best double IPAs in Quebec, I would say. I don't know if I could speak to that exactly. I haven't had as many, but yeah, man, they they had that new facility, so they got no. They had one called Old Plain that they opened up this year, which, like you said, has now resulted in the beers being a lot easier to get, which is very welcome. Um, They've been doing. I feel like there was a period where maybe their stuff wasn't hitting last year, 
And I feel like this year, everything I've had from them was like really, really solid. There's probably a period that, you know, obviously new facility that they've got to dial it in. Scaling up. They're scaling up a recipe. Just imagine like scaling up a spaghetti sauce recipe. (laughs) It's a lot, man. You're right. And and particularly a very particular spaghetti sauce recipe. There has to be this consistency. (laughs) Like you've got these snob spaghetti sauce. If not, your grandmother's going to slap you, you know? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Your nonna is going to come through with a fucking boom, boom, (laughs) boom. Exactly. Those are the craft beer geeks, you know? Come on. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm this Donna is like God has a big beard, you know, like just just like giant bearded Nana that's like in plaid, but also yeah. foreign style skirt in some way, whatever that might mean. And then like the, the you know strong accent and just like slapping. No, they're like I feel like Buck Adams are doing some really cool shit, man. Like it's I just like seeing them around. Yeah. They're obviously like pretty much the Haze OGs of uh, they're know, up there with the they also reinvented the stout in quebec in my opinion not this year but yeah kind of just redefined what stouts were uh here anyway like i mean the americans did it first but they really really nailed that they nailed it before anyone else could and then they really started that it's very cool man they they definitely what makes them worthy of the top 10 for you i think being the the, the kind of like staple and the thing that everything else should be measured against for the last few years is huge. And this last year they've had to scale up and concentrate on certain things. And now what they have is distribution, which is amazing. So like we talked about, we can, we can actually get them at various depths and stuff. I still feel like they, they need to tune in that new scalability a bit. But they're still certainly making the, some of the best beers in the province. I want to see more uh, bloggers in distribution, though. I haven't seen one of those in a while. It's cool that you know they were one of the OGs of, of Hayes and, and Stouts and such in Quebec, uh, pastry Stouts and such. So now they're able to you know expand a bit more, get it out. You, you used to have to kind of go there, and it was more of a treat to get it. Um, that's why for me, they were never in my top 10 because I just never really got to drink them. It was so difficult to get up there. I didn't have a car when I was in Montreal, so I wasn't able to just zip up and pick some shit up and come back. So like, you know, I feel like they, it's, it's almost like you don't even really need to say it. If you know Quebec beer, you know who Bar Canada is, you know why they deserve to be in there. I think their consistency, Matt, cause just while I don't know if you heard Noah when you were getting the beer, but we were talking about the elements of what, uh, all of these mm-hmm. breweries have in common that got them in the top 10. And I think Bar Canada has that, you know, up next we have, uh, someone that's, I don't think has ever been in the top 10. Uh, I don't know why they haven't been. They probably inspired everyone that's ever been in our, in our top 10s ever. Uh, they are the OGs of craft beer in, uh, Quebec. Uh, who's this? Who's drinking this? I think Craig is drinking this one. Do the CL. Yes. The, the legends. The you know what's interesting? The reason I put them in my top 10, I'm going to be honest, like Noah's had them in his top 10 every single year. And <laughs> Matt and I didn't. Now, since I've been, I fucking leave Quebec and guess what I want to drink all the time? Peche Mortel. Um, <laughs> I love this beer so much. It is, Noah's always said this, and Noah, this is why I realize I'm turning into you. Now, like you said, we swapped. I got this the basement cellar and I'm drinking Peche like a crazy man. <laughs> 
Um, and, you know, I mean, just look at this. This is like the epitome of coffee stouts in Canada, if not further. I would I, I would like to taste something. The fucking better. world. Literally the, the fucking world. Literally the world. And it's like $2.99 or whatever the fuck for a bottle. Anyway, you can get it. You know, JF, I was speaking to him the other day, actually, and such a good dude, the, uh, you know, the co-founder, and he was the brewer for a while. Um, and, you know, they've just, they're just an institution. And I just kind of feel like, I guess we all sort of agreed for me, once again, it was this beer specifically that made me want to uh, include them in, in this year's top 10. But there are many, many, many other reasons just aside from Peche. It's just I think this is a very good reason to include them in the top 10. Yeah, I think for me, in previous years, I didn't necessarily include them because I think I was always taking that frame of mind of like, okay, who's made a lot of changes this year? Who's done this or like done something new? And in, in, in the last few years, aside from branding changes and, you know, redoing their syndrome, uh, there wasn't like a whole lot changing with ZCL. But I think for me personally this year, and I don't even think I talked to you guys about this, I, I wanted them on the list, and I'm really happy that it is, it is, they are on the list because since I started Craft Beer, they've been my kind of number one. And this year in particular, I feel like I kind of hit a wall with trying new things all the time and realizing, okay, like I still like to to, to be aware of what's happening, but there is such a value in finding your go-tos and just enjoying them, you know, and ZCL is, I always, I'm always at the store buying their four packs. Almost every seasonal release they do, whether it's a Scotch ale or a lager or whatever, I'm always trying it because uh, with the exception of a very, like a very few, they're always perfect to me, but where, where they, completely lack at least in any contemporary ways with their IPAs mm. like they did morality which was a a, a classic and actually re- kind of revolutionary in Quebec M- morality was a, a collab between the alchemist and Zerciel and was kind of like ushering that new IPA for the province but since then they haven't really been able to catch up in that area but every other area i think they're basically perfect the stability the volume it's always fucking perfect it's so good you you, you pick up rose hibiscus in one place to another to another months apart they're going to be basically the same and that's that's like a mastery of a craft right there that's like going to the the old school style of craft beer from Europe where the the brewery makes one beer and they go to work every day and they make the same fucking beer and there's minute adjustments changing the stuff refining making it better it's 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 an art form and and Zutziel is an art form desert island beer question my answer it's a horrible horrible beer to drink on a desert island but it's peche mortel it's the best fucking beer in the world it's it's so fucking good jf is is a sweetheart um i have not been to the new revamped area in saint jerome as of yet they're working and revamping montreal right now i'm excited to check out the new montreal location 
it needed a revamp because it was a bit tiny and old school. So, so I'm excited to see what they do there. And hopefully they, they meet the area because the area is fucking crazy that they're in. There's like eight craft beer bars that are way bigger and way better established, like space wise and vibe wise. So I hope that Zutziel meets that in Montreal and matches that. That's like, I hope that's a plan. Um, they're one of, they're, they're the best. They're, they're one of the best. The, the, Journey Pêché is something very avant-garde to, to have like a, a beer release across the globe. No one in Montreal has pulled that off yet. No one in Quebec has pulled that off yet except for Zutziel. So I'm stoked they're on the list. They were not on my list because I have lots of people that I love and wanted to showcase and shine younger breweries. Uh, but I'm happy that they're on the list because I drink uh, Pêché Mortel whenever I can. <laughs> Hell yeah. Love it. All righty. We're at number nine, and uh, we had to wait for number nine for the brewery that's closest to my house. If anyone knows where I live, they know where I'm heading to this. My neighbors, uh, a young brewery, uh, a brewery that uh, does exactly what I was mentioning before, drinkable beers, um, drinkable lagers, drinkable um, haze, um, juicy, not so much haze. Um, they've been doing the weird funky stuff. They've been doing the barrel-age stuff. Of course, I'm talking about Melon. <laughs> Melon, yes, of course. Melon, my neighbors. <laughs> Melon. But uh, <laughs> uh, I love this brewery. Um, they invited me when they had no countertops. They had... Um, they were just set up. They had like a homebrew beer available just to see something grow from nothing to something is exciting. And, uh, to watch it succeed is, is very impressive. Uh, every time I go there, it's uh, vibrant. The vibe is amazing. Funky beers, uh, is something they're pushing towards, uh, the crisp lagers, uh, such as this one. This is a Pilsner actually. Um, it's fun. Uh, light. You can have a few of them. You can walk away feeling okay. It's a good place to go have a discussion. It's a, it's a place that I love. It's, I'm excited to see where they keep going. It's, it's a brewery that I, I'm watching because I'm excited to see what they're doing. And they're a part of that like trendy lager train with Ilda Gald, which is a brewery that never makes our list, but that's something we should talk about after. You definitely should. Yeah. That's yeah. Mil- is super dope. I, I think I met them through both of you guys had connections to them, I believe. Um, I never, unfortunately, actually got to hang out there and have a drink there and uh, and do it properly. I had him on the pod. I, I was speaking to him the other day, funnily enough, and hopefully get him back uh, next year. But they're just like they started to – I feel like they – it's really interesting watching a brewery start and how they, you know, decide to roll out their products and then seeing them grow into these, you know, barrel age things. Like they just dropped the barrel age version of their original stout, which from the very first drop, the Panthère one, uh, Panthère de la Nuit or whatever, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is named after a song, some dude. Yeah, all all and, of all of their beers are named after songs or have puns. Yes. I, I just haven't come up with a good metal pun yet. You will. I know if anyone's going to do it, you'll do it. You dedicated motherfucker. But they just like, yeah, man, it's a really cute space. I feel like they're just, you know, really dedicated dudes. Super cool. Um, they, they do a, a great variety of styles from what I've had from them. Consistency, which is coming up once again. Um, and, and it's a great vibe as well. They did everything. You know, they just, they had a community behind them. I went on launch day too. 
And I was very impressed to see his massive line down the block. I think Matty, you were the first customer, period. They've really added something dope to the neighborhood in Rosemont, for those who know. And you can walk up the street afterwards to uh, La Canette and Copper, buy everything. But yeah, huge, huge fan. The people, the space, the beers, phenomenal, well-deserved. Yeah, so I had a chance to go to their anniversary. Was it their anniversary? Yeah, it must have been their anniversary this year. Um with my friend uh, Rachel from uh, uh, La Chapelle. And I was super impressed. Like, I'd been there with you, Matt, a couple of times. uh, And I always liked their stuff. But everything that they released that day was really quite exceptional. So they had, and for you, Craig, I think you'd be particularly into this. Like, they had a bunch of saisons that were, only lightly tart and really funky and like very like hill farmstead saison style you know at this point you could almost say old school but nothing too sour just almost like crushable uh oaky really funky but just slightly sour uh wild beers like the saison espinet kind of thing did a really good job with that and they had a I think a bourbon barrel aged coffee imperial stout that was really good. I had a bottle of that as well. Amazing. I really feel like they're focused on the crispies a lot. Just the branding is fire. Just I just like everything about the place to be honest, and 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 the dudes involved, and uh, and even like the the social media, the photography is fucking exceptional. I think it's one of their girlfriends who does it, and it's just fire. I'm just really impressed, man. And this is the second year. I think, were they on our top 10 last year? Yeah, man. Beautiful stuff. Love them. I'm excited to see where they go next. Um, We have one brewery left, but before we do that, um, which is the number one brewery of the year, we want to talk about our honorable mentions, Matthew. Yeah, there's a bunch of breweries that could have been on this list, but you know, not every brewery can be a top 10, especially when we're hashing it between three people. So, uh, Craig, who, who are your honorable mentions? So, I had uh, three specifically on my side that I think I want to mention um, Toltec. Uh, they are a fantastic new brewery who opened, I believe, a year or so ago in um, Boucherville, just outside of uh, Montreal, where the IKEA is. If you live in Montreal, you know the IKEA. Um, Toltec are fantastic. They are definitely along the lines of that Masorum um type you know bar kind of type of vibe where they're doing i don't know if they're doing crispies but they're doing haze and smoothies and, and things like that um i feel like their ipas are just money really impressed their smoothies are great i feel like when i first had them they were a little thin and the newer ones that i had i feel like they've really improved it i just feel like they're like if they're not on next year's top 10 i'll be surprised I'll be I'll be very surprised. I'm there on my uh, big 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 who to look for in 2023. So huge fan of Toltec, and um, obviously Les Bus Public, um, Simo and the crew. We did a couple collabs with them. You know, every year we have our um, be out of our cards, the OG. Uh, we actually had my goodbye surprise party at um, at Les Bus, which thanks to Matt and you know for organizing all of that. Uh, it was yeah. really, really fucking cool to see you guys there. That was just a fantastic evening, and uh, shouts to Simo for hosting us all and letting us stay after hours for for a little bit to just get lit. Um, huge fan, yeah, man. Proud of proud of them. I just really love Simon. I think he's my probably one of my favorite people in beer. Period, and uh, I just love everything they're doing. I think they're really opening the gateway to more and more people. I think they have been on the top ten before. Maybe they'll come back in next year. Who knows? And lastly, my other one was Harakana. 
I spent a day yeah. not long before I left with my friend Jonathan and his wife Ruth, who just gave birth to twins. So congrats to you guys. Beautiful. Um, and we went to Caracana, got a whole bunch of beers, sat in the park, drank like a four pack in the park. I mean, this is amazing. Then we went there and just ate food and drank more. And I was so fucking impressed with everything I had from Harakana, man. Like, their crispies are just A1. And this comes into the convo you mentioned before, Matt, about Ildegard. Um, it's, uh, but yeah, like, Harakana really impressed me, to be honest, overall. So, um, yeah, man, I feel like those three were my honorable mentions. Absolutely. I mirror, I mirror all three of those. And if anyone knows me and the whole staff at Harry Cannon knows me and my family and my children, uh, my kids have crawled across that floor. I did my very first promo video for Vox and Hobbs at Harry Canna. They can't love them enough. Uh, their beers are amazing. It's right next to Barla Ritz. So whenever there's a show there, I drag artists over to do i've done one two i've done two interviews at harry canna out of 400 so that's not so bad but <laughs> for myself i have um, a few um number one the first one my brewery to watch is jackal hop jackal hop is a very young exciting brewery falls into the same aspect as toltec uh ran by amazing young very intelligent individuals um one of them is a massive metalhead and we've been to a bunch of shows together uh this year um they make great beers uh, they make every beer if which is like scary if you think about a brewery that's just gonna say we're gonna make it all but the fact is that they make it all really well. The branding is getting better. And I think that that's a big part of the reason why it hasn't made a big of an impact here. Uh, the artwork is getting stronger. The, and I think it's stupid that artwork has such a big impact on the identity of a brewery. But I think that brewers have to pay attention to that. I think it's important. It's, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid, but it's important. It's a part of the package. I feel like it's getting in the right direction. I feel like all their bottles that are releasing, the, the, the branding works. The cans are a t bit too cartoonish, a bit too childish. And I, I feel like if they, they mature it up a bit and make it a bit more refined, it's going to match the beer inside the can. Uh, their haze is good. Um, my vertical project at uh, the coffee stout with four breweries, Jackal Hop brewed two of those, uh, the Echo Session Ale and the Jackal Hop version. Um, just awesome. Awesome. Um, a brewery that I love, uh, more of a brew pub uh, in Ashalaga. How can I not mention Mitoid, the, the metal brewery? It is the most metal brewery in Montreal. First time I went to Masorum, uh, my metal brothers open a brewery. And I walk in there and it's not fucking metal. I was like, what the fuck? Disappointed, but I understand what they've done. Mutaid was the opposite. The first time I walked in there, I was like, I am home. And every time I'm there, I feel amazing. They made light, crushable beers. Uh, I was in there drinking 3% Grazas the other day. Um, just, just fucking awesome. The ambiance is amazing. If you like metal, go to Mutaid. Uh, enjoy light, crushable beers. And then uh, another brewery, one of my favorite collabs that I did this year was for Brutal Montreal. That was with La Petit They made a Zvetli Visepni, a light Czech lager. It was fucking amazing. I, I if, you, if you like classic style beers, La Petit is the brewery that should be on your radar. They fall in line with a little bit with like, what Silo's mentality is. Um, they, they, they have like a creek and I think they're the only people that do this in Quebec. He picks cherries from his cherry trees and makes a creek with it. It's, it's on the brewery. It's, it's 
fucking awesome. I have one more, and that's um, Ayawam. Uh, the place and the vibe is is is, is it's an old synagogue. It's it the, the the vibe of the place and the location of the place is a thirteen on ten. It's it's fucking amazing. So so the beers are like nine eight on ten there. So so like everything like dances into like ten on ten. So they are like with Jack with Jackal Hop Ayawan are going to be on our list next year. I, I would pay attention to them if they grow, but I don't think they want to. It's it's like it's it's like a, do they want to? You know, do they want to grow and have all the hype and become that fucking brewery that everyone's gonna fucking come to their little perfect town in Valmare? Um, what a fucking place! It's on the side of a, like a, a river. You can like people like canoe there, and there's like a dock that you can dock your canoe at to go get beers. Gorgeous, just just fucking amazing. I love that. Well, uh, I'll go quickly <clears throat> through my honorable mentions. Um, one that is almost always on my list every year is Sutton, or Brewery Sutton. Uh, so Pat, who used to be at Presley uh, Dunham, left and created Brewery Sutton, which is a 100% uh, Brett fermented brewery meaning every beer that he does is done with mm. Brett. And uh, so if he makes an Imperial Stout, it's with Brett. If he makes a lager, it's with Brett. And he, he makes some of my favorite beers in the world just because of the experimentation with it. With uh, my, I've always had an affinity towards liking Brett beers, and it had its like time in the sun, and then no one did it anymore. Like Brett obviously exists in wild barrel aged beers. There's a Brett component. There's a funk to it. But there was a period of time where people were making Brett IPAs or Brett this, uh, and then that kind of went to like sour this and sour that. But I feel like we kind of lost that. And but but that's what he based his brewery around. Yeah. Um, so it almost like carries this like modern but classic appeal a little bit, if that makes sense. I went there this summer for the first time, like anyway. a week before I moved, and uh, I stayed in Sutton for like five days, and Sutton is so fucking fire. They have incredible, um, they are mm-hmm. two really, really great brews, Sutton and um, La Bordage on the main street, and at yeah, Cafe Yama very, very different things too, so you get like... Super different. Different. Close to so many things. I just love Sutton so much, and it's like right by the Vermont border, so everyone speaks English. It was just like such an impeccable experience. Any other special mentions, bro? Last one quickly is Avant Garde, who's one of my favorites in Montreal. Um, I really like their loggers. I really like that they're kind of keeping the hoppy logger alive a little bit. Jesus Crisp might be my favorite beer name of all time. Favorite logo of all time. Oh, I have the T-shirt. I was there. I was like, no, I'm buying that T-shirt. There's, there, I'm not leaving this facility without that T-shirt. Uh, anyway, I, I, I love I it. other stouts. I actually, when I went to Multi Hops to buy a couple of the beers for tonight's thing, uh, I saw that they brought back this bourbon barrel aged imperial stout at like 15 percent in a can, and it. Uh, it was really fucking good. 
I agree. Uh, Avant Garde the have been on our list and could have been on the list that they're they're blending their their barrel stuff is fucking next level it's it's really yeah really good. i got i got to like sample uh actually that was either just at the end of last year or just the beginning of this year i got to go and Renault brought me down oh, yeah he comes with the with the hammer and the nails and the vice grips yeah <laughs> we were pulling nails <laughs> they just have this like endless sea of barrels it's really impressive and it's such a learning experience for an amateur like us to like pull a nail, sample a barrel, and then the barrel next to it might have the exact same beer and the barrel might be from the exact same distillery or whatever, winery or whatever they're doing. But it tastes different. And you taste it and they're drastically different. And, and there's, there's just a magic to it and nuances to like, okay, over time, you, you realize that this flavor, if you just leave it a little bit longer, it'll probably be okay. Or like, this is scrap, toss it. Mm. And then, so this blending process becomes such a, an art form. It's such a commitment to, to, to put, A, the liquid that costs money into it, and the barrel costs money, yeah. and then it's a gamble. Yeah. Every time. It's interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. Match, a lot of respect is. for the barrel, anyone who's working with barrels, man. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty crazy. You got to have the guy. space. You got to have the space for well, the barrels well. first off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, congrats to them for relaunching Jukebox as well, which is in the same, obviously Sean and Renault yeah. obviously and that. And I just missed that because I was leaving and it just didn't work out. But I know they rebranded, relaunched the whole thing, and it was just very, very cool. And- Absolutely. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Number one. So, number one. We, you know, it's it's very difficult to have the best brewery of the year because you know people like us are um, friends, personal friends with a lot of these people, um, and the criteria we're looking at here, you know, obviously things Matt was mentioning before, the I mean, consistency, there's breadth of offerings, the quality of those you know different styles that they're doing, um, you know, something like you know just mentioned before, label art, like branding. It's, it might be silly, but it's a business, and it's very, very key because if you're looking at a fridge, the vibe of the of the brewery itself, the people is probably something we shouldn't consider, but we can't help but do because we all know them because we all make content and we know these people. Um, this brewery is just exquisite in everything that they do. I think they're very deliberate. I think they're fantastic human beings. Um, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's just like they deserve to mm-hmm. be the number one. Thank you, Baron, once again. Hell yes. 
Frank Gambano. Two years in a fucking row, man. Look, some people might say we're biased. I don't think we are at all. I just really, truly believe that their shit is fucking A1. Um, Matt, maybe you've got your collab with Thank M right there. Uh, tell us tell us your thoughts on, on Thank M. It's a brewery that um, they're not pretentious, which is weird because... <laughs> they're so good. They're yeah. so fucking good, but they're not pretentious. Because they could be. You go there, and they're they're so humble, and they're excited that that, they, that, that there's some success that's happening for them, and, and and they're questioning if if anything is good and why it's good. Um, this is a collab that I did for my fourth anniversary. It came to life when I went to visit uh, Sankyam when they were doing the Transistor Podcast uh, Festival yes. at their place. Uh, with I went with Kevin from La Canette and Guillaume from La Canette, and uh, we drove down there. We stayed overnight. We stayed for the event, and I was like, I want to make a beer with you guys. Um, I want to do something fucking dark, uh, something with uh, phantasm. You know, like let, let's let's do something like Toomey. I wanted to call it Tomb Dust. It was too close to Zombie Dust from Three Floyds. Ossuary came to life after that. Um, Philip Ivanovic. Ossuary is a is like a bone museum in in there's a bunch of them in Czech Republic and, and, and across the globe there it's like a museum that is created out of human skulls and bones an ossuary very death metal come on You're fucked. Uh, <laughs> You're fucked, there's a bunch of them in Europe they're, they're very it's, it's like a thing um, I've been to a church in in Vienna I believe that had at St Joseph's in there that had the whole crypt that would be an ossuary um, so so this is uh, with uh, Phantasm from New Zealand so uh, 6.5% uh, IPA not a, it's not hazy it's 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 awesome I'm very stoked about it but them like come on every beer every style no exceptions. No exceptions. The brand is on point. The beer is on point. Um, they distribute. Um, they're not pretentious. They understand cool like aspects of of creating events that are also like encouraging the local area where the brewery is from, which is Almer outside of Gatineau, like doing the Peaky Blinders, doing where they like Oktoberfest thing, where they close the road, uh, they do the, the podcast uh, events, because they have this like parking lot behind the old house, which the brewery's in, and they like cover it in a big tent, and there's like shows there, come on. How can, how could you not like someone that's like creating a community, uh, making killer beer, um, excellent humans? It's 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 a it's a triple trifecta of amazingness. Couldn't agree more. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I'm the most biased out of all of us. Obviously, Noah, you've collaborated with him a couple of times. You know, we created Link Up. Every style they do, they nail. Uh, what do you guys said to? I think we were talking about it off, like either in the chat or earlier. But like you know, Sankiam do some of the best haze in Quebec. It's not even really their thing. No. That's how good they are. Just doesn't matter what they do. So I just feel like everything they do, they do it crazy. They're doing a bunch of barrel aged stuff. I think recently they just dropped their first like farmhouse. Um, their crispies are incredible. I feel like they really focus on the crispies. Citadel became their yes. um, their uh, flagship uh, Czech pilsner. Um, 
I, I don't know. I could ramble on about them all day. Then merch, Jacob doing all the designs, Dimitri doing all the um, the brewing, and even Steven, who's one of our partners, he does all the finances, and he's very on top of his shit for, for link-up, so I can only imagine what he does for for um, St. Kiam. I just, I'll let you talk, Noah, but yes. Um, I will start by saying this is the first time I've had this beer, which is just Prairie's Imperial Stout. So no cacao no coffee no just just straight imperial stout and this is the best thing i've drank in a long time it's 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 perfect i love where certain beers have gone um but i also love some classics and this is just such a classic but they have this body to their stouts that's incredible um but I went to Gatineau a few months ago and hung out with Jacob, who's the owner and uh, does all the artwork and branding and all that stuff. And it's just, I don't know. It's just like, like you said, Gray, like it's just this war- or warming atmosphere where everyone's cool and no one's pretentious or maybe Matt was saying that, sorry. Uh, and everyone who works there is chill. And yeah, it, I have I have a thing with arrogance and I have a thing with like overconfidence. It, it rubs me the wrong way and I get like no vibes. Like I get like the opposite vibes when I go there. Mm. Like, are we doing okay enough for you, Matt? Like, <laughs> are we performing well enough for you? If not, we can change. You know what I mean? Like it's just that like, we are here for you. Um, it's humbling the, to be around this guy's straight. Yeah. They're just impeccable, man. And it's very well deserved. And I feel like they're just, you know, they're only coming up on three years old in, uh, in May, same as third moon. They open the same day and it's, uh, you know, they're pandemic babies and to be this good in this short of time yeah. frame, this fast with this many restrictions on their business. Yeah. Speaks volumes about, every individual in that business. I mean, obviously Dimitri is heading the, um, the brewing program and he's just in some sort of a magician, this guy. Yeah. And, and I remember Jacob not wanting to release a particular beer at a certain point because he just didn't feel it was right. Like they, they will make the decision to pour something out or not release it based on quality, which is already really impressive. But I think a lot of breweries do that, but where I think they, really shine is a testament to them taking risks at a time when sometimes people just want to double down on what's going to make your money or whatever. Right. So, but they don't do that. They still release, uh, I mean, they haven't done styles that are like completely inept, but just a straight imperial stout isn't a big seller, you know. It's a big seller for Noah Forest, but, but not many others necessarily. You know, it's either the trendy pastry stuff or other things. As much as I love what Missorum has done, they've like it's almost, it's part of their image and it's part of who they are, and I want them to do that one hundred ten percent. But what Mosorum does is kind of like latch on to the hyper what's in the now, right? Like 
Hayes is still here. Lagers are still here. Smoothies are kind of still here. Big giant stouts. Like, that's their thing. Whereas in St. Campbell, I was like, no, we're going to release a classic Imperial stout. We're going to do, uh, what you, are you drinking a Schwartz beer, basically? Schwartz. It's a Schwartz beer. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a popular style. Um, and there's still, like, idea being that they're still making those risks and it's impressive given when they started their business and all the challenges around that. It's commendable. And all the charity work, obviously, on the side and community work, it's, they really deserve to be number one. Hell yes. Thank you, Number one, top 10 of Quebec. We smashed through them. It was difficult to actually trim it down to this this 10 plus honorable mentions. Even over and above the honorable mentions, there's so mm-hmm. many breweries that deserve to mention um, that you know you can only really do so much. We're already two hours. We try to keep this one to 60 to 90 minutes, but here we are. So it's, you know, I feel like this is a good sign. If we keep yapping and we keep talking so gushingly about all these places, that's a really, really good sign for Quebec craft beer. Um, I'm very excited for 2023 to see uh, where it all goes. Um, I feel very optimistic too. I just really feel like the, the scene has just been enviable for anywhere in the country and, and beyond. So, you know, that's 2022 is one of the best years yet. Hell yes. Noah, concluding thoughts. 2023, I think we're going to see more loggers still. I think that whole spectrum i'm hoping to kind of see i i feel like beer should be like fashion and that things can kind of like circle back in so maybe the belgian quad or the belgian double or box or like doppel box you know like let's see let's see the brewers of today tackle those styles i would love to see something like that couldn't agree more and i hope for the same dude I like, I like that a lot. I would definitely want to see more crispies. I kind of want to like, I, I echo what Matt was saying about the pastries. And I'd like to just see more straight up and down bourbon, but just barrel aged Imperial styles, yep. either if you're talking with coffee or with yes. coconut, maybe less adjuncts and maybe a focus more on the refined versions of those stouts. Cause I drink a lot of them by myself. I don't always split them a tip. And if they're a straight up and down stout, bourbon barrel aged stout, like I can drink them by myself with no problem on the night yep. that I put aside to, to do those things. So I'm like, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. You know, I, I imagine when, you know, Hayes isn't going anywhere. I want to yes. see more. Bellwoods kills that. I know what I'm doing on Terra, but they do it well. They do it exceptionally well. One thing I want to shout, we didn't shout out Sankey M for was their West Coast IPA. So I really yeah. would like to see more breweries do it at the level. Sankey M have like 10 different ones. How the fuck do you have 10 very, very different West Coast IPAs from pale to double? It's insane. So I'd like to see more of those anyway in 2023. I feel like that's where I think it's it's time to bring, you know, every brewery should maybe have a flagship West Coast IPA again. And, you know, or even if you bring it back three times a year or something like that. 2023, what do I want? I want to drink uh, better. I'm putting a goal for myself on this podcast. I want to drink smarter. And that's uh, better and smarter for myself. The craft beer wizard makes beers disappear, but but he wants he wants to make the right beers disappear at the right time, and and then that's 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 something that I'm putting in, in uh, as a goal for myself. 
Um, I want to see more West Coast. I want to see more crushable beers, smart barrel-aged beers. I want um, less adjuncts. I want people to be more creative and more loving and more inclusive. That's what I want for, for 2023. Yes, sir. Preach, preach, preach. Yeah. It's just beer, people. It's just beer. Dudes, this was fucking incredible. The top 10 Quebec breweries of 2022. I can't imagine two better people than to hang out with to talk about the best breweries in Quebec. Massive love to both of you. Just say cheers. This is just so damn cool. Make some noise for the fucking breweries from 2023. Hey, Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right today. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome, awesome hang. I sadly did not get to hang out with Noah and Craig as much as I would have loved to this year. And whenever we're together, we just have too much fun. We laugh. Uh, we stayed and we hung out for quite a bit after this, and I'm stoked that I did that. What a killer time. What a killer year for craft beer. Massive cheers to Saint-Kim Baron for pulling top brewery yet again, two years in a row. I stand by the decision. They are just unbelievable. Everything, branding, image, consistency, variety, uh, vibe, uh, charity work, community work. How can you not love them? They're just really the best. If you can get your hands on a Saint-Kim Baron product, do it, people. Pick it up. Try it. You will not be disappointed. Massive cheers to all the other breweries on our list, and also massive cheers to all of the breweries in Quebec for being out there, for making killer products. It's hard to choose a top 10 because there are a lot of amazing breweries in this wonderful province. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast's mailing list. You can do it on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a month that will contain all of the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You'll get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently. You will also get to see which albums Jerry Monk Vox and Hops' Metal Architect has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, and you will also get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public. There is always a lot of things going on in the world of Vox and Hops, and I hate when you miss anything, so please do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer rest of 2022. I will be back with brand new episodes on january 10th but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads one hit thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know each week we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget and we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or were nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.